Welcome to the SLP Talk Show. Real talk with Carrie about stuff that really matters. Hey, it's Carrie, your fast-talking, speech-therapy-loving host. While you are driving, cleaning, exercising, or whatever it is you do while listening to podcasts, I'm going to be chatting about pediatric speech therapy stuff. But I don't want our time together to feel like work or be boring. You already work enough, and you already have enough boring stuff to do in your life. So let's get going and have some fun. Hi, welcome to SLP Talk Show. This is episode 14, and Jim is with me here today. I am. I'm here. You are here in the pink recording studio. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So spring has arrived here in Kansas City, and I don't know about you, Jim, but when I think about spring here in Kansas City, uh, at least since we moved to this house, it's about two things, okay? One is getting the pool opened, which we did, and then staring at it, waiting for it to get warm enough to get in. Yeah. Yep. It's hard. It's really hard because the water's really cold. It, it's cold. It was probably about 72 degrees. That's just too dang cold. Yeah, so cold. What, what's our ideal temperature? About 85, 86? 85. 84, 80, 84 to 86. Yeah, so right now we just get up every morning and look at the pool, and I'm pining to get into it, so I, I'm, I can't wait for the day when it's warm enough to do so. Hopefully by Memorial Day weekend, right? Maybe, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I think of uh, spring in Kansas City, and the second is, holy crap, we have to mow the lawn like every other day. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It is crazy. I feel like we just mowed, and I walked outside today, and I'm like, what the heck? I know. It just <laughs> like, grows so fast. It's like every three days we have to mow, and it's not like we have a small yard. I mean, it's like a, a huge undertaking. Yeah. So anyway, so that's what we're up to here in Kansas City is looking at the pool and mowing, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, we are ready for Stump the Chump. Are you feeling smart today? You feeling like you've got the knowledge Yeah. button turned Maybe. on? Maybe. I don't know. Okay, here we go. I should have known that is the name of the game. So we're going to see if Jim can go four for four. I bet you I, I think don't this know is, something. No, I'm pretty 100% sure you're going to get 100%. Okay, I'm going to know it all then. You're going to know, know it all. all. Okay, here's my know-it-all husband, Jim. Number one, how many countries does the United States share a border with? Two. <laughs> <laughs> is that supposed to be hard? You know, it's funny because when I first read it, I had to think far longer than I should have about that one. Well, I think I, I would have eventually I, got it right. I think right, you but... automatically go to, wait a minute, this is this is easy, but is, is, it? It, is it a trick question? Yeah, well, it's stuff you should have known, and yeah. you knew it. So, yeah. good job, Jim. Okay, I, I knew that. second question. In what city is the famous Copacabana District located? Copacabana District. Oh. Um, uh, Miami. Oh. It is not. Okay, so I was scheduled to speak here right before COVID hit. It's a foreign country. Oh, it's in Rio. It's in Rio. De Janeiro in Brazil. Okay, Jim is one for two. On a couple's golden anniversary. I mean, we're almost there, so you better know this, right? On a couple's golden anniversary. <laughs> Wait, no, we're not. We're not even close. Okay, well, how? tell me how many years is it? 50. Oh, yeah, you're right. We're not quite to 50. No. <laughs> we're, no. we're almost at 30. On a couple's golden anniversary, how many years marriage are celebrated? Oh, you already answered the question. 50. Good thing. Yeah. That was really tough. Nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. Good job, Carrie. Okay, well, you're two for three. Okay. Last one. And you are going to love this question. And again, I didn't hand select it. I just took the one off the top. Who directed the Godfather films? <laughs> Francis Ford 
Coppola. Yes. And we are watching a show about the making yeah. of the Godfather movie. Oh, it's, movie. it's so good. It's, it's called The Offer. It's so good. You guys, yeah. if you have not watched... if it, it, It's on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah. It's check, phenomenal. Check it out. I mean, it's, it's really good. It's probably one of my favorite... Because it's like a... I don't know what I want to call it. Like a, a mini-series. A I think, short... I um, Adam, Adam Arkin is like the producer oh, for is that, that right? show. Well, it's really good. It's called The Offer, and it is the real-life story of how the godfather movies came to yeah be. and i enjoy the the you know behind the scenes stuff they do after yeah it's so interesting and they talk about you know uh how how they tried to do it and tried to you know how the characters are really you know going above and beyond yeah and to how make they, sure to it's, make it it's, authentic. It's, it's authentic and just yeah. like it and i had no idea that there were that many um let's say uh entanglements in getting it done. Yeah, there were a lot you know? of entanglements. That's a good word. The um, other thing that's amazing is when you see the real life actor. No, yeah, actors and how well they casted them for this show. Oh, I know. Yeah, Francis it's, Ford it's Coppola great. looks yeah, exactly that, like Francis Ford Coppola. And, I mean, um, I I remember him from one of the Harry Potter movies, the the Fantastic Beast movies. Oh, really? He was in he's both a, those. In, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's, very good. he's really good. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So that was a a a a great. Series of questions. So you got three for four. Three for four. Seventy-five percent. I can yeah. do math. I got the maths figured out. So what is that? A, a C. Seventy-five percent. Solid, solid, solid C. <laughs> hey, so the only way I'm giving you an A. That's the story of my life, right there. Solid. <laughs> you know what, C. honey? C's get degrees, baby. <laughs> right. So okay, okay. So enough with stump the chump. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and talk. It is uh, still the month of May. It is Better Hearing and Speech Month. So I'm just kind of talking about different. Oh, I don't know, strategies. We talked a little bit about apraxia in a couple of the episodes. But um, today I want to talk to you about a different topic. And I haven't I haven't talked to Jim uh, about any of this. Oh, so Lord. first thing I'm going to have him do is I am going to have him read this statement that I have on a piece of paper. So, Jim, the first thing I want you to do is read it as though you're just talking to some grown-ups, like you're just talking to your dudes, your friends. What would you say? Hey, guys. Okay, hey guys. So that's the, the phrase, hey guys. Now I want you to say it how you say it in the morning when you wake up and first see your puppies. Hey guys. <laughs> exactly. That was perfect. So Jim did not practice that. But that is the topic I want to I discuss today. And it's using baby talk. Right. And that's kind of the layman's term for it, baby talk, if you will. As speech-language pathologists, we don't usually use the term baby talk. There are many technical terms that we use instead. So it used to be called motherese. Okay. But somewhere along the line, people decided yeah. dads probably talk like this too. And it's Fa not just the mother's. Father, fatherese. Fatherese. So no, it's called parentese. Parentese. Okay. So it's not like even really a real word, but it's a strategy okay. that we use. It's also called caregiver speech and i would say the most common term today is child directed speech meaning the way we talk to okay. very young okay. language learners we actually use different elements when we talk so meaning our prosody is a little bit different okay, okay? so when you said hey guys as if you were talking to a bunch of grown-ups you sounded different than you do we have two little puppies who are ringing the bell to go outside right now, when they wake up or when you wake up in the morning and see them, you always do the sweetest little thing. And yeah. you say, hey, guys, hey, guys, you do it this hey cute. Hey, guys. guys, what are you doing? You know, you're always very sweet with them. So um, so whether or not you use your grown up man voice or your sweet daddy voice, right, depends on who you're talking to. Right. 
So when we are working with young children who are learning language, right? They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're babies, they're yeah. infants, um, maybe they're, you know, 11 months old, 10 months old, however old they are. When we are talking to those very young children, we typically talk a little bit differently than when we are talking to older children right. and adults. So baby talk or parenties or child-directed speech. So let's talk uh, about why this is so important. And most of us do it naturally. Right when mm-hmm. when when the girls when our three children and, and you know the girls and Aaron were young I mean you spoke to them you used slower you go sure. a little bit slower uh, very interesting intonational patterns more of kind of a sing song uh, type voice if you will mm-hmm. we tend to elongate the words uh, make the vowels a little bit longer and the real key here is that we're pretty repetitive when we're talking to babies right so we might say something like. Oh, you have a you know you have a ball. Are you gonna throw mommy the ball? Roll me the ball. Oh, you bounce the ball, right? So we tend to be again very repetitive, and most of the time we don't. No one teaches us this. It just sort of comes naturally, mm-hmm. if you will. So that is a really important strategy that adults use because when we model language like that, it makes learning language easier. It makes each word stand out. So what it does is it helps baby to focus on those smaller chunks of language at a time. Because okay. we're not talking in big paragraphs, big right. lengthy. Uh, we're, we're talking in very repetitive, short, sweet, uh, intonationally rich utterances and so that's that sing-song voice exaggerated vowels highly repetitive so that is an important strategy but what I want to talk to you about today is for children who are now getting a little bit older maybe toddlers you know maybe they're 15 18 20 months old maybe they're two years old and they're not learning to talk they're struggling with uh, a speech development. So okay. they often get referred to early intervention and mm-hmm. as a birth to three provider, this is one of the strategies that I like to talk to families and caregivers about and really specifically coach them on this. So speech simplification is the skilled stra- strategy that speech language pathologists use. And speech simplification and baby talk are not the same thing. Okay, so mm-hmm. when when SLPs, speech language pathologists, when we talk about baby talk, we are oftentimes referring to those cutesy nonsense words that some adults use when they're trying a little bit too hard. Okay. So sometimes adults will talk to babies and they'll be like, oh, who's a cootsie wootsie widow baby wabby? Like that's the kind of stuff that doesn't support language development. Like if you're making up words. So uh, what we do is we use typical simplification patterns that all children naturally use when learning to talk. But in our late talkers and our kids with apraxia of speech and our kids who are really struggling to find their voice, they often don't know how to simplify words. They Mm -hmm. haven't developed that, so that's why they say nothing at all. So one of the strategies that we use is we help children learn simplification patterns. So if your child can't say water, let's say they don't have the ability to say the word water, uh, I'm going to simplify it. And what typically developing children do is they simplify it by using a pattern called reduplication. So they'll call it Mm wawa. Right? That's what typically developing babies do. So when I'm working with children who are struggling to find their voice, I will actually teach them how to simplify it. Now, I use a strategy called bookending. It's also kind of like making a sandwich. So this is a really important strategy. Sandwiches Sandwiches are good, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Turkey sandwich. Now you're speaking my language. Now I'm speaking your language. We're talking about sandwiches. <laughs> I usually call them bookends, but maybe sandwich is a better term. Yeah. So you always want to say the word in its entirety so the child hears the correct adult version, right? The language. So I'll say, oh, you want a drink of water? want water so I'm saying it in its whole in its entirety but then what I'm going to do is I'm going to simplify it in an effort to get the child to imitate it so I'm going to say wawa and then I'm going to pause and look expectantly at the child and give him an opportunity to imitate it mm-hmm. and then I will always end the interaction by saying water you wanted water so that's why it's bookending or why it's okay. a sandwich because you want Got the it. whole word on either end but then in the middle of that little interaction you're going to simplify it for the child so that's speech simplification is it weird that I'm hungry now? It is not weird because, okay. you know, just I mean, like when you yawn, I yawn. Right. You know, right. yeah, so same kind of thing. <laughs> a sandwich does sound pretty good. Yeah. Considering you had like oatmeal for lunch, I bet you're you yeah. like a good sandwich. It was great. It was great. Oatmeal is the bomb, right? It is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So if your child can't say water, we'll teach him to say wawa. Now that is not um, using any kind of cutesy nonsense words. That's. A simplification pattern. Now, what would be a cutesy nonsense word is if I, your child can't say water and someone were to teach him to say dwinky poo. Mm-hmm. You want a dwinky poo? Who's my widow witty bitty wavy baby? Do, do you want a dwinky poo? Do, do any kids ever slap the adult when they talk to him like that? Because <laughs> it, it's kind of annoying, isn't it? Well, it's, it seems a bit sarcastic. It's sarcastic and it's condescending. And I will say, most adults don't do that. Most mm-hmm. adults use parenties or child-directed speech where they're just simplifying it. They're shortening it. Yum. Mm, you love that cookie, right? That's yeah. appropriate. But saying, who's my little baby wubby cookie wookie? I just, <laughs> I mean, it makes me kind of want to throw up, you know? So, so dwinky poo is not a strategy. That's baby talk. That's not going to support language development. But teaching a child to call water wawa or mm-hmm. to call a banana, what do you think? How would you, how do most babies simplify the word banana? Nana. Nana, absolutely. So the strat strategy, which the SLPs who are listening know, is called weak syllable delicion. Delicion. Oh my word. See, I can't stop thinking about food and delicious food. Deletion. Well, you just said banana too. I said banana. Yeah, it's food. It is food. See, sandwich, banana, and the thing is, you don't even like bananas. You didn't even eat lunch, did you? No, not yet. But that the time why. will come. The time will come. Okay, so banana is simplified to nana. So if I'm working with a young child who is struggling to find their voice and they love bananas and all they do is point and grunt, I am going to simplify it. I'm going to use my sandwich method or my bookend method. I'm going to say banana. You want a banana? Nana. Nana. So I'm going to simplify it and then end when I hand them the banana and say, here's your banana. So the point is that speech simplification is an appropriate strategy. So what I usually do is I have a conversation with parents about the difference between using baby talk that's cutesy-wootsy nonsense words versus using speech simplification. Because I had a mom many years ago. I've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. So I remember this very vividly, very vividly though. I was sitting in her living room and we were you know, talking about her child's development. She said, Miss Carrie, I just want to let you know that I haven't really been following through with your strategies. And here's why. Because when I Google um, how to help a child learn to talk, they say not to use baby talk. And everything that you do and everything that you're teaching me is to use baby talk. So I just want you to know I'm not using any of your strategies. And so that's when I had this sort of aha moment of, oh my gosh, parents think I'm using 
inappropriate baby talk when what I'm actually using is speech simplification. Mm -hmm. So I really encourage SLPs to have that really important conversation. And if you, you know, it's really helpful to think about water, Wawa is reduplication. It's a phonological pattern that is a typical yeah. simplification pattern versus dwinky poo that nobody's ever going to use right. as a skilled strategy. So you would try to do that preemptively yes. and make sure that they understand that what you're doing is 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 not just baby talk. Well, and it's, that it's, it's intentional, right? It's, in, that it's, it's There's a purpose behind there it. There is. And so, so much of what we do in early intervention is share our skills and knowledge with the parents and the caregivers. And that's why you need to give it a name. Everything should have a name. Those are strategies, right? This is my right. big thing, right, Jim? Right. I talk to you a lot about, oh, you know, there's so many activities that we they're, can do with kids. Yeah, you but know? they're not strategies. No, strategies are those highly skilled um, interaction characteristics and things that you do that support child development so the Mm. activities are what make it fun and interesting but it's the skilled strategy Mm -hmm. that makes your service billable right Right. makes it something because sometimes you'll have people say oh all you do is just play with my child you know why are you just playing well play is the modality through which you know we're interacting with the child and through which your child learns but the skilled strategies are what matter the most and those skilled strategies should be able to be embedded into play time into meal time into bath time into hanging out time story time all of the strategies um, uh, can be used in any interaction so it's not about the activity it's more about what those skilled strategies are so the skilled strategy is called speech simplification okay so uh when we think of some other words uh, that you could simplify for example the word green or the word blue right if the child likes something maybe their favorite cup is green or blue Mm -hmm. we would say oh you have the blue cup and then when we are trying to get the child to imitate it we could make it simpler by calling it boo or saying instead of green we could say geen right so it just we we simplify the 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 motor plan because we're reducing how complex it is um, another example the word bubble little kids like to blow bubbles right bubbles are fun i mm-hmm. think it's probably the slp's favorite toy is bubbles so bubble ends with a final L sound and that's really hard for new talkers so one of the strategies that really only SLPs know is turn a final L into a final O and it makes it easier to say so instead of bubble we could say bubbo and it sounds acoustically a lot like bubble, mm-hmm. but that that because the lips are rounded for the O, bubble, it makes it easier to see, and it's it's got the right number of syllables, right? right? It it sounds pretty close. So again, that's a strategy, a simplification pattern that we could use that would help that child be able to say the word Cheerios, right? If that's uh one, you know, if they're a very young child, sometimes we just simplify them to O's. O's, mm-hmm. right? So we're going to say Cheerios. You love your Cheerios. Oh, do you need more Cheerios? O's, right? We model it, and I like to do it two or three times if possible, and then end it by saying, here's your Cheerios. That was so one of my favorite foods, too. You always loved Cheerios, yeah. even when we got married. When I was a little kid. Uh, I think even when we got married, it was still your favorite food. We still have some upstairs. We do have, we always have Cheerios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cheerios. Yeah. So Jim O's. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy loves O's. Yes. Jim James William Ebert oh, loves okay. <laughs> loves Cheerios. <laughs> so, anyways, I hope that that uh, a strategy is helpful. And, and again, it's just really important that we that we name it, that we label it. 
child-directed speech, right? Again, baby talk is typically what we refer to when it's cutesy nonsense words, Mm -hmm. but it's speech simplification, uh, and it's a really important strategy that SLPs use. So we need to educate parents, caregivers, uh, you know, and even physical therapists and occupational therapists and teachers, right? Anybody who's working with young children, that when we use speech simplification, uh, it is to help the child have some level of success. Because if they're not talking, if they don't have verbal imitation skills and they're not talking, we want to turn them into a communication risk taker. So that means we want them to experience some degree of success. Yep. Right? Yeah. So anyways, that is uh, my little spiel uh, during Better Hearing and Speech Month about Mm -hmm. a strategy that we can use with new talkers. And food. And food. We did talk a little bit about food. You know what food I miss the most? We've been really trying to eat healthy and clean. And i got to say... Pizza. I have missed pizza. We haven't had pizza. See, I am hungry. Yeah. Why you know do you what? have to say pizza? I know. You know what I think we need to do? We need to have like, uh, uh, we need to take a poll. Because I know your answer. But do you think pineapple belongs on pizza? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. And I love any kind of pizza that has pineapple on it. It's my favorite. You ruined a pizza. Ruin a pizza, huh? Yeah. yeah Why don't you right. just eat some pineapple and then have some pizza? And then have a pizza. You know, I could do that. I could do that, but I, I prefer... Or have it for dessert. You I know? prefer it be right on top. Do you like cottage cheese with On pineapple? my pizza? Pineapple. Oh, oh, absolutely. I put pineapple in my cottage cheese, put yogurt in my cottage cheese. Okay, that's, that's also insane. Oh, you want to know what my roommate in college did with cottage cheese? No, I don't Oh, yes. Jim is not an adventurous eater, just so you know. But I, what, I, I, I'm better than I was. You are. You are, but you're still not very adventurous. But she would take cottage cheese and put French dressing on it. Okay. And she loved it. I, I've heard of that before. Oh, yeah. I think so my that, mom did that. Yeah. So. so anyways. Okay. Well, I think uh, we are ready to wrap this uh, podcast party up. So thanks for listening to another episode of SLP Talk Show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please let us know by leaving us a review. And as you head back to the real world, remember to practice kindness and acceptance. And please, please get your boobies checked every year. It could just save your life. It certainly saved mine. Until we meet again. Cheers. Cheers.